Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Here is your geeky hosts, Adam and Matt. Welcome everybody to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The only podcast where drinks and geeks flow together. Yes. My name is Adam. My name is Matt. That didn't come out of the plan, folks. I apologize. I, I'm trying something to do, and it just, no, we're going to let it roll. Let's okay. do it live. Yeah, we do it live. The only editing we do, people, is we turn off the recording and we submit it to the podcast yes. distribution sites. Um, but yeah, I apologize for hurting your ears with that. <laughs> My name's Matt. That's Adam. Uh, you know, guys, thanks for joining us on week two of Spooktober. Yes. Yeah, Spooktober. Uh, last week, we went over The Thing. Yes. This week, we're going to go over something a little bit more lighthearted. Yes, very lighthearted. Something that could almost be a Christmas movie. And I'm not talking about Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. But it's also not a Halloween movie. It's This is true. But, <laughs> but this is definitely a Christmas movie that it's watched during Halloween time. And we're talking about the one, the only, Gremlins. Uh, this was my pick this month. One of two picks this month. And it's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. And I say that loosely. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this film. Um, it's... Um... It's really good. And yeah. Again, we were we kind of hinted in uh, last week's episode uh, that there was kind of a through line of practical, practical effects, effects. So, and this is one of them. Yeah. So before we get too deep into um, into Gremlins, first, you know, thank you guys for listening. Let's uh, make sure you follow us, like us, subscribe to us everywhere you listen to podcasts and all social media platforms. On podcast for platforms, we are have a drink with some geeks. On social media, we're at Geek Drink Pod. So yes. leave us a like, comment, subscribe. Give us a review on Apple or Spotify just so we know how we're doing. Yeah, yeah. We, and again, if you have any suggestions for uh, any sort of uh, content that you want to see in the future, please let us know. And uh, we can uh, go from there. Yeah. Sorry for the gremlin in the background. That is my dog who decided to be a gremlin today. Yes. So, a gremlin. Um, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about our drink of the week? It's time for those boys to have a drink. Let's hear about their drink of the week. Take it away, geeks. Yeah, so um, this one is a, a Corona Refresca, which I thought, uh, you know, it's like I've tried a bunch of different, uh, like, hard seltzers and stuff like that um but uh this one is i don't think it's quite a hard seltzer no it's definitely i think it's just a mixed drink in a can that corona makes yeah but it's tasty uh, oh yeah we got the coconut lime yes feeling a, pina, a little uh, a little pina colada eat tonight yeah some some tropical stuff for fall you know for fall even though it's you know 45 degrees now in, yeah. in denver and definitely felt like fall all of a sudden after yeah a no, very right? hot summer yeah so, so cheers cheers brother Very coconutty. Tastes like the islands. <laughs> the island boys. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> they are definitely not a sponsor. No. All right, folks. So, you know, it's time for our topic of the week. What are we going to talk about this week? All right. So we already introduced it. Gremlins. Gremlins is a 
a lighthearted take, a parody take on the horror sci- science fiction genre. Creature feature. Creature feature. It came out in 1984, um, so a couple years after the thing. Yeah. Joe Dante um, is the director. Chris Columbus wrote. And, and I th- Spielberg, Spielberg produced. Produced. Yeah, Chris Columbus, if that name sounds familiar to you guys, Chris Columbus is very well known now for directing the first three Harry Potter movies. Yes, and producing and, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, and, and Home Alone. And Home Alone, <laughs> um, and the Percy Jackson films. Yes, so he so. he's very well known. Um, but yeah, this was... Uh, Joe Dante got this job, I believe, because uh, he originally directed The Howling, mm-hmm. which is a werewolf kind of creature feature, which has a fun little tie-in to our previous episode. Yes. Rob Boutine did uh, the creature effects for The Howling as well. But... Uh, yeah, he's done things like Inner Space, Small Soldiers, yeah, a bunch of TV, but hasn't really done much yeah. recently. And you know, other than TV, <laughs> a little background on 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 Gremlins. What the the name is is actually so Gremlins didn't enter the popular vernacular until World War until a little after World War One into World mm-hmm. War Two. Um, it is a way that Royal Air Force British pilots would. Um, describe mechanical issues with their planes and planes yeah. had low gremlins mm-hmm. um so that's kind of where the name kind of took hold yeah um and that's where the name comes from gremlins even mm-hmm. though these guys have nothing to do with planes yeah and i think mr futterman even mentions world war ii yes. stuff he's like oh put them in the machines and <laughs> all that yeah but uh yeah no it's uh that that's kind of what they they said uh a gremlin was yeah so and for those who haven't watched this movie shame on you it's, I think, a very fun horror movie because it's 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 kind of just jump scares like any good horror movie does. But this one just likes to make fun of the horror genre. Um, so a little brief overview: Gremlins is about these little gremlins. They're they're called mogwais. Yeah. So they yeah they start off as a little mogwai, and we have a we have a little uh, we have a guest on our show of a little stuffed animal of Gizmo. Gizmo, don't so get him wet. Do not get him wet. He's, yeah, I've had him for like 15 plus years. He has not thrown him in the bathtub or swimming pool yet. <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, they start off as little mogwais, which they look very cute. And... It's like a Furby before Furbies. Yes. And then uh, if you get them wet, they multiply. Yes. If you get them wet, they multiply. And what it is, is they just kind of get these like giant welts on their back that spit off like bullets. Yeah. And become other Mugwise. Yeah. Um, the other rule to Mugwise is you don't feed them after midnight. Yes. Which I'll bring up my hot takes, but I have a I have a small problem with that. Okay. Um. So that's the three rules. One of the three rules of Mugwise. Uh, the last rule, most important rule is you don't expose them to sunlight. Yeah. Well, or bright, bright light. Lights. Bright light. Yeah. Sunlight, especially though, um, that will kill them. Yes. That will melt them. Mm-hmm. Um. So you you know this um. This movie's pretty famous. It's got some pretty well-known actors um, starting their careers. Um, one very famous person now, um, who kind of started his career a little bit in this movie, has no physical screen time. And that's Howie Mandel. Yes. Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo. Our star gremlin, um, he's the the lead protagonist Mogwai in this movie. Yes, yes. Um, so this movie takes place around Christmas time. Billy. Our, our lovable antagonist of the film. Or protagonist. Protagonist, yeah, not yeah. antagonist. Well, I mean, he did feed him after midnight. Yeah, but I think um, uh, Billy 
is played by uh, Zach Galligan, and he, um, I think he's he's your kind of perfect like representation of what a protagonist should be. Like he he brings you in and helps you as the viewer. Yeah, into the story, he, and things are explained through him. He's very much that prototypical, and the way they do it, obviously for this movie, he's going to be your lovable good guy. He's going to make the mistakes that caused the incident, and he's going to take it on himself to fix the yeah. things he's caused. So, and so, he's it, your it, Marty McFly. He's, he's your Marty McFly. <laughs> he is your. I mean, he's, he's your, your he's, he's, he's your everyman. Yeah, he is. He's um, definitely. Has a lot to do with the story, but he's also the one bringing you into the world and explain yeah. and like kind of you learn things with him and through him. So I I always uh, if I think of like a good protagonist, if you want to talk about that in the film, I always yeah. will point out that like yeah, Billy Peltzer yeah is, and, is a good example. And he so Billy gets this. Mugwai for Christmas from his dad. Yes. Um, from a Chinese, like, shop. I, I want to say it's like a... I, it's hard to kind of clarify what it it's is. It's like an antique shop, but... Yeah. Like, antiques and curiosities, but... Yeah, um, for, for Chinese culture, and that's kind of where... Yeah. He discovers this little Mogwai gizmo. And the, the owner of the shop did not want to give... Gizmo up? No. Um, at all? Because um, he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and then the shop owner's grandson uh, decided to steal yeah. him yeah. and sell him without his grandfather's knowledge. Yeah, and so he brings him home to his son, and you know, Gizmo is definitely the life of the party, and and you know, eventually, unfortunately, Billy breaks two, three rules. He gets him yeah, wet, so creates a bunch more. And then they trick him into feeding him. Yeah, and that was a that was an accident um, with uh, another famous star, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman always played the best. He was like the best kid actor. Yeah. Of that of that time, but he uh, was the eighties go to guy for go-to that two kid. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, he gets Gizmo gets wet. They multiply. Um, and that's not the bad part. The bad part is when you feed them after midnight, folks. Yes. When you feed them after midnight, they turn into slimy, slimy green gremlins. Yeah, and like, like almost reptilian. Reptilian. Um, so the lead antagonist of the gremlins is Stripe. Stripe. Yeah. Um, and he is known as Stripe because he has a white striped mohawk as a mogwai, and then when he becomes the gremlin form. He's still got the mohawk and a pierced ear. Yes, for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they before they eat, but before midnight, they torture poor Gizmo. They lock they, him in a they cage. They torture the dog. They torture. They, they torture the dog. They tied the dog. Yeah, a bunch of Christmas lights. Um. Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 as horrific as it sounds. It's done in a comedy aspect. The the gremlins like to laugh. They do practical jokes on each other. Yeah, they're. They're mischievous. They're very so mischievous. Is the best way to put it. They're not... Except Stripes Murdery too. Yeah, I mean, but it's definitely this movie, and uh, especially the sequel, I mean, they're they're definitely more comedic and more parody of yes. things. Like, this one's more of a parody of the creature feature. And then the second film, which... It's I, a parody of the first film. It's a parody of Gremlins. <laughs> and 
it becomes kind of crazy Looney Tunes at that point. Yes. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, and Billy is this uh, young guy working at a bank. Um, Judge Reinhold is like the assistant manager, yes. and he's kind of a dick to him. And um, but it's like Billy wants to draw comic books or like draw, like he's a he's an artist, and so it's kind of he wants to get out of this town. His Volkswagen bug doesn't work. Yep, <laughs> he's got a crush on his neighbor. Um, who um, hates Christmas because, sad to find out, the reason she hates Christmas is her dad, dressed up as Santa Claus, went down the chimney. They never saw him again because he got stuck in the chimney and died. Yeah. Um, that, that That's kind of a running gag through both uh, films. Yes. Like, she's just like, oh, I hate Christmas. And then she explains this really sad story. And then in the second one, she's just like, oh, don't mention Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Something really bad happened to me on Lincoln's birthday. Yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, this is so uh, the inevitable third one. What are, what holiday is it going to be that's uh, that is a problem for her? Flag day. Flag I day. want it to be flag day. Yes. <laughs> don't mention flag day. <laughs> um, so, you know, folks, um, you know, one of the things I really like about this movie is... It was one of the, for me, for, it was one of the first movies I saw that was a horror sci-fi kind of movie that, as a young kid, did not scare the living crap out of me. Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is one of those that, like, does not, it's not too scary, but it does have those yeah. horror beats, but it's definitely not as terrifying as some of the other films we've talked about. <laughs> okay. I was just, Gizmo doesn't turn his eyes and he's just been side eyeing me this entire recording. <laughs> Starting to creep me out a little bit. So I was just thinking if I could turn his eyes away and I can't. So we're gonna have to deal with it, people. Nope. Um, um one of the other things I really like about this this movie is you know, and we talked about in the thing, practical effects. They used animatronics and puppets for all the mugwise. Yes. And, 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 and they, it holds up. Yeah, and then stop motion for some of the like some of the larger shots like when they're when the gremlins are actually walking down the street yeah stop motion but the actual anytime you see their feet a little bit there's a lot of stop motion i mean and then the actual gremlins were also practical effects and uh, that's chris wallace who was the creature design Mm -hmm. um for that and he did a fantastic job um creating these uh very unique looking Critters that, yeah, I mean, the Mogwais are you want to own them, yeah. The Mogwais are meant to be cute as yeah. hell, and you don't like you want to not hurt them, but then you have like their faces. I think were they have larger like faces, made yeah, made for the animatronics, so animatronics, yeah. but um, you could definitely get a lot of personality through yes. that, and especially like with the Mogwais that were evil. Versus Gizmo, who is good, it's like you definitely were able to get a lot of um, personality and a lot of kind of almost acting through the practical effect. And then all the gremlins, I, I think some of them were just little dolls that they like hung on like Christmas they did. lights. They or did. did goofy or on, on the, on, yeah, some of the street lamps and the poles. Yeah, but then they also had ones that they that could sing carols. and Or sing... Um, Whistle as you work from Snow White when they're in the oh, theater. Oh gosh, the hi ho, yeah. Oh yeah, it's hi ho, yeah. Hi ho, yeah. Yeah. Um, a... So you know, and folks, that's my next big point. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is the the death scene of almost every bad gremlin except for Stripe 
is so they all break into the local movie theater and are watching a screening of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs yep. on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're singing, they're dancing, they're sitting in high popcorn makers, and they're guzzling soda and. Yeah. It's it's like, it'd be like a college rager in a movie theater, is what I imagine it's Oh, yeah, and they're all, like, throwing things at the screen. Yeah. They're all, like... Throwing each other through the screen. Commenting on stuff. There, It's like, it it is almost... You got the uh, cross-dressing one. Yeah, it's yeah. borderline Looney Tunes, like... Oh, yes. very much um, so. But, yeah, they turn on... It's like Billy turns on the gas. Yeah, the natural you know. gas, and, and then they light the match and yeah. blow up the theater, and every gremlin but Stripe dies. Of yeah. course, because you've got to have the big fight at the end. Yeah. And then, do you think they were making fun of uh, Disney with the whole oh, I.O.? <laughs> they had to be. They had to be, because this was during Disney's kind of low time. They weren't they weren't producing as many big films during this mm-hmm. part of the 80s. You didn't have yet uh, Little Mermaid or, mm-hmm. or any of those 80 movies that kind of restarted Disney's golden era of animated yeah. films. So I think they very much were making fun of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, unfortunately at the end of the movie, I mean, if, well, fortunately they, they beat Stripe. Yeah. Unfortunately, his original owner comes back and tapes him away from Billy. Yeah, the gizmo gets taken back by the uh, the Chinese grandfather. Um, Mr. Wing. Yep. And uh, it's sad, and but the grandfather gives him a nice little bit of reassurance saying, Maybe one day you'll be ready to own a Mogwai. Yep. Um, and until then, Gizmo will be there for you. Yeah. But uh, Gizmo, like, as a creature design, was just cute as a button. And I loved it. Like, <laughs> I had to get a little stuffed animal of him. And I've named a dog. Like, we named our dog after him um, when I was um, in high school. And... Um, we just like he's he's intentionally supposed to be the cutest thing on the planet. Yes, which makes it funny when um, they become they like very horrifying things. They become like pretty scary. Yeah. All right. Well, so now we've introduced the movie a little bit, and hopefully you guys have watched it and have some some of comments in your own. Let's talk about our hot takes. What are they going to say this week? Alright, so Adam, I kind of drove the, the initial conversation on, on Gremlins. Tell me some of your hot takes of this movie, both bad and good. I mean, uh, like, first off, Phoebe Cates. Every 80s, 90s teenager, teenage guy loves her <laughs> um she was the molly ringwald yeah that generation pretty much and uh uh she's she's just delightful um and uh just a terrific actress and i, I hate not seeing her and stuff anymore but um but yeah she she, retired. Yeah, yeah i think she retired but um she she was like the big crush for for a lot of us <laughs> um and we won't get into the fast times at richmond high stuff but um the one thing I I always found very funny was uh, like in the bar scene, she's still like doing her job. While yeah, with all these, are completely like tearing her bar to shreds. I think it's because they um they were holding her hostage. Yeah, but the big thing I want to say in terms of a hot take is this movie kind of though a parody of kind of the creature feature. 
it breaks its own rules multiple times. Like, oh yeah, gremlins oh, yeah. are getting are drinking beer, so they're getting wet. They're out in the snow, so they're getting wet, but they're not replicating. I think maybe is it a submersion thing? I don't know. I because I mean, because how are they going to drink water if they can't? Rep- if, you know. I know, but I'm, I'm like unless unless Mr. Wing's got a taser back there or, or a spot lamp and one pops off. Yeah, like, yeah. but it's like you, it's like how how do you explain all this? But then there's there's times where they're, some of the gremlins are sitting under bright lights and they're <laughs> yeah. you like they're shorting out like electrical stuff, which is causing sparks, which you think normally would freak them out, but no, of course not, because in Gremlins two, one becomes electricity. Yeah, but you never like, story for another time, people. Yeah. But that's the thing is like the movie kind of, <laughs> though a parody, it kind of breaks its own rules a lot, and you know I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it has are to. Immersed in it, and it's you're... it's that kind of movie where it's we're gonna make fun of our of everything in this genre, mm-hmm. so we have to be able to make fun of ourselves. Yes, yeah, and even the uh, the weird thing like with the Futtermans, like uh, Dick Miller plays Mister Futterman. Didn't he? Didn't they technically die in that scene where the gremlins drive his snowplow through his yes. house? It seems like he dies. Yeah, and then he comes back in the second one, and then it's your classic, uh, the best kind of armor you can ever have, plot armor. Plot armor. Yeah, even the like the teacher um, gets like. Yeah, I think the one we know book. for sure who dies yeah. is Corey Feldman. Yeah, or no, Corey Feldman. Oh, you're right. Corey Feldman didn't no, die. No, the, the teacher. Um, um, Hanson, Mr. Hanson. Yeah, Mr. Hanson is the one that, like, you get a shot of him with a literal syringe in his, in his butt. In his butt, and you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> this is when things are yeah. serious. But it's like, and maybe Mrs. Deagle dies. Hopefully she does. She was not a nice lady. Um it was like, nah, she wants to put down his dog. Yeah. She wants to put down Billy's dog. Yeah, Baxter. And um, for those of you that don't know, Matt has a dog by the name of... <laughs> so it, it hits him a little hard. A little hard so, to home. So it, he's tearing up right now. Um, <laughs> we're going to just give him a moment. But um, but no, it's like, yeah, I guess Mrs. Deal probably died because she got her little, like... Stair lifter thing. Oh yeah, shot her through the through the roof. <laughs> yes, and then yeah, the teacher. But I I always thought the Futtermans died, and then I saw the second one, and I'm like, wait a second, here here they are again. But hey, I like Dick Miller. He's a oh, he's he's fabulous. Yeah, he's been in a ton of uh, ton of uh, movies, and so it's a uh, chopping mall is one of my. There you go. That's what I haven't seen. Yeah, long time. Oh yeah, well it's it's a that's a B movie and like it's for those of you that are not into that that genre, don't look into it because you're not gonna like it. But if you're into kind of silly goofy B movies, um, I think it's on like Amazon or something. Probably, there's a streaming site that has everything. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, so uh, you know, Adam, one of my hot takes, I kind of briefly kind of touched on it and during our introduction. Is oh, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, hold on, folks. While I think about this, Adam, go keep, keep going. No, I mean, I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, everything uh, about the movie was really good with like the practical effects. Um, the 
making everything very cute. Um, I got it. You got it. My hot take. So you can't feed a mogwai after midnight. Correct. Is there a certain time when you can start feeding them? Like, it's always going to be after midnight, Adam. Yeah, I think they make a reference to that in the second one. Where yeah. they're like, well, technically it's after midnight somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> like, is it like 6 a.m.? Is it like twilight hours you don't yeah, feed them? Is yeah. the witching out? I don't know. I, if you know people, please let me know because that was my beef. I'm like, and I've always thought that. If I can't feed them after midnight, do I just starve them forever? Yeah, well, like I said, it's 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 a movie that constantly is breaking its own rules, but it still is uh, it still holds up like in terms of like the parody of the creature yes. feature, oh, yeah. and then like I said, the second one is a parody of this parody of a creature feature, um, and it the second one completely goes off the rails. I think Joe Dante didn't even want to really make the movie. No. Um, but then it, they were like, here's a bunch of money. Yeah, I mean, the first one made over $200 million in 1984, oh. and that's a, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It was one of um, um, Steven Spielberg's first, not his first big hit, but it was a pretty good commercial success for him. Yeah. Like I mean, he'd already done Raiders of the Ark. And, yeah, as a, like as a producer, and I think it was even filmed... Um, if you look at it, um, it's that universal back lot that's like, if yeah. you go, oh, yeah. on, go, if you go on the back lot tour, you'll see some of the set pieces of oh, the, you'll of the see town. That, that town square, which also was used for um, Back to the Future. Yep, Back to the Future. It's, like, it, it's it, an iconic set. Yeah, and so, but they just put snow everywhere and pretended it was cold. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, it's like, uh, I, I think uh, Joe Dante didn't want to make a sequel, but then decided oh I'll, if i'll do it but i, I want to do it on my terms yeah and then i guess uh there's a possibility of a they've been talking one. about a third one for a couple of years now and i really hope they they do it because gizmo doesn't age gizmo's gizmo oh no and you could have a, a new new cast and new telling of almost like a not quite a reboot but like a retelling of the first story with maybe, new characters like, in modern a, times maybe a soft reboot like bring, yeah bring back Zach Galligan, bring back Phoebe Cates. Yeah, have him do some some little cameos because yeah. I mean Phoebe Cates is almost sixty now. Yeah, but it's like bring him back in and be like, oh, like have have that funny line again. Like uh, it's like, oh, don't don't mention Christmas to me. Oh God, yeah. Like bring bring those gags back, and you could make a decent um, decent film. I mean, that. I'm okay if, even if they would do like a direct to streaming movie, yeah, like a Netflix or a Hulu movie. And I mean, I, I keep mentioning that I watch uh, the Red Letter Media guys a lot um, online, and you guys should check them out as well. Um, but uh, I think they did a review on Gremlins 2, and they kind of did a what they thought Gremlins 3 should be. Got to check that out. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. So I'm not going to spoil anything from their stuff because I don't want to copy what they're yeah. saying but they're like they had some pretty good ideas um about stuff and even in like i mean the second one i think yeah it just became this like it warner brothers gave them the rights to use like the batman symbol looney tune yeah hulk hogan was in it it the movie breaks <laughs> way through it and there's just goofy little gags throughout it but um, this one takes itself a little more seriously. Yeah, it, it's a very good self-contained story. Like, if we never had another Gremlins, and two never happened, it'd have been well-received still. It would have been yeah. a great... It's a great movie, standalone. Um, You know, I think my last hot take on this one, Adam, uh -huh. is... 
almost how instantaneous the the spitting off of the cocoon, the little cocoons are, mm-hmm. and then they become other Mogwai pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like I get it for a plot device, you can't have it take weeks for this thing to grow. Yeah, but I kind of wish you would have had them born and be like baby Mogwais and these little itty bitty like. I don't know. A mogwai is about the size of a of a small cat. Yeah, maybe a little smaller. Yeah, maybe have like a kitten sized mogwai causing trouble as this little midget thing for a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean that that could have been good, but I think in terms of moving the story along, you that, had to. That's what I was to. thinking. Is like there's a plot device. Like, Let's keep it going. Yeah, Let's it's Christmas. It. We gotta we gotta get from A to B in this yeah. entire night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, yeah, and I I just love the. I love the story arc of Billy. I think he he kind of comes into his own. Am I remembering it right? At the end of the movie, after everything's kind of set back in stone and Baxter's back, mm-hmm. didn't Baxter have like a bandage on his tail or something? I can't remember, but I know Baxter went with his dad. Yeah. On the whatever trip that um, he went on after he Christmas. On, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was kind of yeah. I'm not a hundred percent. I almost recall that, but I'm not. I'm not hundred percent. People don't quote me on that one. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a scruffy looking pup, but he's he he's adorable. But yes. yeah, at least uh, Mrs. Deagle didn't get him. Yes, thank I God. Would, I would have been very upset, <laughs> but she gets her come up and she gets it. I think that's uh, always a good uh, trope in a good horror film where it's like, oh yeah, the the evil person gets their comeuppance as well. <laughs> I I mean I I hundred percent agree with you. Every mean person to to Baxter needs to go. Yeah, yeah, no. We're not going to tolerate that. <laughs> Adam, do you have any other hot takes for us this week? Uh, I don't. That's okay. I mean, I, it's one of those like movies I where I think kinda, you, you, you have to go into not taking it so seriously. If you went into it thinking this is a serious horror movie, you're going to just hate it. Yeah, you have to go into it knowing it's going to be a lighthearted, goofy science fiction horror movie. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's like, I guess... You want to talk about if it's a horror film or a Christmas movie. It's kind of, it's both, but I mean, I definitely think Christmas is like a big, huge theme. It is. With it, it. I mean, it's the same argument you have with like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Is it a Halloween movie, horror, not horror, is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? Or yeah, kind I, of I, I that entire say, time like, frame. I mean, I guess that's a hot take right there. Hold on. Let's say that, uh, I, I will go on record saying that I think that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, not a Halloween film. So, because I think Christmas is the bigger theme of the movie. I'm not going to argue with you, Adam, on that. <laughs> but I will say it's every time of the year movie when you want to sing a good song. True, true. I, I do like the music. Uh, Danny Elfman was great. Yes. <laughs> um... But, uh, oh, we could talk about the soundtrack of oh, yeah. Gremlins. I mean, that, like, the very iconic. Um, it had an 80s theme song. Yeah. It had that, I mean, that's, it is it, it, quintessential 80s theme song. Yeah, and it was spooky, but not too scary. It was fun spooky. Yeah. It's like the Monster Mash kind of fun spooky. Yeah. Like, not being the Monster Mash. Not yeah. the, the, not being that overtop cheesy. Exactly. Like Purple People Eater type mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah. It definitely had, like, more of a whimsical feel to the soundtrack, but it still had that kind of, those creepy, like... Well, undertones. Little yeah. hands that... Those, those musical notes and those tones that you know that there might be a jump scare or something kind of yeah. creepy coming up soon. And that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's the good, a good trope for any 
good horror movie it is those the sound cues you to what's coming next even yeah. though you you know what's coming next you're still going to be scared out of your out of your mind on certain yeah. things and not this one but but i also like how uh the movie kind of uses the uses all that to subvert your expectations sometimes where it's like you think something creepy is going to happen but then it's like you open the door and it's and like it's, you see Gremlins like singing carols. Carols, yeah, <laughs> out there in the snow with the little books and the scars. Yeah, it's like you see the cross-dressing gremlin. Yeah, that's that's all really goofy um, to me, and it's like a, it's kind of back when movies used to be fun. It was. I mean, one you of my know? favorite scenes in that movie, besides the theater scene, is when they are um, fighting him off with like golf clubs and baseball bats, and they're just hitting home runs, and it's just like over the top, like. Yeah, it's like uh, Stripe comes after Billy yeah. with the chainsaw. With the chainsaw. And he's just blocking it with a baseball yeah. bat. And Gizmo's driving around on a little like remote control car. Like a little RC car. Yeah. Well, like, not, not quite an RC. It's like a, almost like those little Jeeps that we all had kid, as kids that we drove yeah. around in. Something Gizmo-sized. Yeah. So it, it's like there's a lot to, like, there's some moments where you feel like the tension but then there's... Gizmo drives by in his little car honking. Yeah, and it's like points of levity that make and, it... And Gizmo's voice, too, in those scenes, because he's so just, like, high-pitched and fun. Yes, yes. And I think uh, that, that again, I mean, Gizmo was, like, intentionally designed to be, like, the cutest thing on the planet. Yeah. And then making the other Mogwai and the Gremlins, like, be... Very creepy. <laughs> yeah. And so, folks, one more throwback to last week's episode of The Thing. We have some more pretty prolific voice actors in this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got Frank Walker. You've mm. got Peter Cullen, the original Optimus Prime. Yeah. Voicing some of these Mogwais and these gremlins. And so, yeah. it's, it's I think that's been kind of our theme in every movie and, and episode thing we talk about. You've got some quality voice actors doing Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And so... I know we've been kind of going through our hot takes, and I think we kind of ran into our conclusions a bit. Yeah, that's okay. You know, um, I think in conclusion for me, I think it, Gremlins holds up. Gremlins is that timeless classic movie. Um, unlike the thing where it's kind of a cult classic, Gremlins is very much a standalone. Like it's just something everyone's hopefully seen and, and enjoy. Yeah, and I think it's. I'd, I'd say in conclusion, I feel like uh, Gremlins is a very accessible movie. It like, is. It's a good for. Anyone who's like, oh, I don't like horror movies so much, or I want to watch something on Christmas, it's like, it's, it's, it's very it's, easy to get into. It is. And I think, you know, going on that, Adam, it's one of those movies where it's it's a good starter movie for the 80s, mm -hmm. I think. Because it's got so much 80s culture in there, and it makes fun of 80s culture in such a good sense, too. Um you know, a lot of eighty movies kind of took themselves kind of seriously, yeah. Uh, and this one is very lighthearted. So if you're not, if you've never really watched an eighties movie and you want to know what the eighties were kind of about, this is a good one to plug into people because it it definitely is like mid eighties feel to it. Yeah, it definitely has that. The music, the feel. scenery, the clothes. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, folks, I think that kind of wraps us up talking about Gremlins. Um, you know, overall, we don't have a lot of hot takes on this one because we generally love this movie. It's very yeah. positive for us. Yeah. Um, just some small nitpicky stuff mm -hmm. that they know and they make fun of themselves for it. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, you know, unfortunately, guys, bad news. Oh, no, not again. Yeah. You know, it's episode eight and 
we still haven't seen Chad film with us yet or, or record with us yet. Um, so good news is Chad is no longer a practical effect. Chad has made his return from Boise. Yeah, I said it right this time. Boise. Boy, Boise. Boise. Uh, from that fake state in Idaho. It's, he's it's, back. He's made it back to Colorado. He's crossed the Rocky Mountains. So, you know, in preparation for Spooktober, we told Chad to, to research a, a Halloween movie for us. And Chad's like, I'm going to watch Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin. It's a classic. It's a classic. Um, and after watching the movie, Chad insisted his girlfriend, Cassie, take him to a pumpkin patch. Guys, it's mid-October and Chad's still sitting in that pumpkin patch standing vigil for the Great Pumpkin. Chad, Chad it's, a, it's a cartoon, Chad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you're not going to find it. You know, and if you do... Maybe he can be a sponsor. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe that will be okay with it. If yeah, you, if, if, can, if you make we, The Great Pumpkin my, our first sponsor, yes. Chad, you can come record with us anytime. Yes, absolutely. All right, folks. Well, it's that time of the week. Before we wrap it up, we're going to talk about our Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeking on this week? Let's listen in for the Geek Wreck of the Week. Adam? Or how about you go first? Yeah, I'll go first this time. You've you gone first last time. <laughs> um, so my geek wreck of the week this week, folks, um, not really a geeky show, but something I very much enjoy is Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Um, so we're, at the time of this recording, we're a little over, about halfway through season five. Um, it's, I mean, it's a great show. It's it's a based off the book of uh, Margaret Atwood. Obviously, the, the show is now outpaced the book, which is fine because Margaret Atwood is a producer and consulting producer on, on the show, so she's telling them what direction she wants it to kind of go to inform on how her book went. So I think that's a positive for the movie mm-hmm. or the show. But the acting, the the writing, the filming of the movie of the show is just so so intense. Lilith Moths is just she is a she is a great actress in the show. She directs a lot of the episodes, and oh, that's awesome. it, it it comes through in the soundtrack. It really is a good dystopian American future kind of show, um, especially in current events. And whether you fall on the political spectrum, I think Hamid Sill is a good kind of reflection of society yeah. in general. I mean, I, I haven't watched it, um, but I know a little bit about it. Yeah. It looks interesting to me. So I'll have to definitely check it out, um, see kind of what it's yeah. all about. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Especially because next season is going to be the last. Okay. It just kind of gets hard sometimes when you're oh, like it's brutal to five watch. scenes or five seasons behind. <laughs> it is, but some, I mean that's how I kind of got into Game of Thrones. I was like four seasons behind, but yeah, then it's kind of fun because you can binge watch it and not have to wait a year. That's true. But, so Adam, what what are you into this week? You know, I mean, just kind of piggybacking off of last week's episode, uh, I was uh, actually listening to. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna do some music. Stuff I was actually listening to some more of John Carpenter's um, original like compositions, okay. and again, if you're really into kind of that synthwave stuff, uh, his Lost Themes albums have been what I've been listening to, and they've been actually really uh, fantastic and um, good for spooky Halloween time. Nice, so, glad to hear it. Yeah, so if. Uh, like I said, a little different geek of the week, I guess. It's that's okay. Geeky. I think that's the theme of this week. It's everything's a little, but um, it's I think that's the good theme of this week because everything's just a tad different. Yeah. So um, definitely like check out um yeah Lost Themes uh, volume. He has I think 
two or three out. I think one's like a remix maybe, but they're they're kind of cool and especially if you're uh, trying to get in the Halloween spirit, it's uh, they're fun to listen to. All right, well, I will. I'm gonna have to give that a check out too, Adam. Yeah, I, I I've always enjoyed his movies and. And you know, like we talked about last week, he does a lot of he's a lot of hands on in the music of his movies and yes. composing. So I, I'm going to have definitely give that a check out. Yeah, absolutely. And so a lot of these, I think, might have been like unused stuff yeah. from previous films. But I mean, it all sounds like really cool and really spooky and really fun. And I just, uh, yeah, I I can't I throw in my headphones and I just enjoy listening to them. I'm going to have to check it out. Thanks. For, thank, I appreciate that, Rick. Yeah, no worries. All right, folks. Well, that does it today for episode eight of the Habit Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Yes. Week two of Spooktober. We've got two more weeks coming up. Spooktober. Uh, next week, we're going to, without giving it away, we're going to talk about another Adam Rec uh, for our Spooktober. So, folks, look. Uh, hopefully look forward to the next episode. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you give us a like, comment, follow us on all of our podcast platforms have a drink with some geeks and also follow us on social media at geek drink pod. Yeah. So TikTok, All right. Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook. I, we have Twitter. We, I'm just not very good at tweeting because I yeah, never my, tweet. I don't even really tweet or li- read Twitter unless it's like when I was buying a PlayStation five and you couldn't find one. So you had to follow like all these tech that's guides. True, yeah. That's pretty much what I was using my Twitter for, but we'll, we'll eventually get there folks. If you want to, Communicate with us on Twitter. We'll get the notification. We'll, we'll comment back. Yeah, and we, we definitely want to get any uh, recommendations that you guys have. If there's any uh, anything you want us to talk about, any any uh, comments you have on, on these videos, if you want to talk about Gremlins. Um, yeah, or, or previous episodes. You want to tell us how wrong we were talking about Justice League. Yeah. Or Korra, or anything we've talked about yeah, in the past. Yeah. Let us know, because we your feedback's important to us, so we understand what you guys want to listen to. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does it for us this week. Thanks again. You guys have a great geek week. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 